I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. It is transfer deadline day and Arsenal are active, as we thought they might be, uh, given the fact that they are in real need, actually, of a central midfield player. The problem uh, with Mohamed Elneny is one that is rumoured to be a lot more serious than the club are letting on at the moment, which only increased the need for Mikel Arteta to go out and bring in a midfielder. And it looks as though Arsenal have addressed that situation by signing Italian midfielder Jorginho from Chelsea. Now, we did a stream late last night where I talked about why I don't think signing Jorginho was the worst thing in the world, why I thought that the reaction uh, to the idea of Jorginho was over the top and was born probably more out of frustration than education in a lot of people's cases. I'm not saying that everybody... Uh, you know, felt that way. And I'm not saying that everybody's points were invalid. A lot of the points made were valid, but there was an awful lot of hyperbole around Jorginho last night as well that really irritated me and got under my skin because it, it felt to me and feels to me like people have just completely overlooked the fact that Jorginho coming in would be coming in as a backup. That's what he'd be coming in as. He won't be coming in as... um you know, a first choice midfielder. He won't be coming in as a key part of our title challenge. He'll be coming in as someone who can step into the team in the event of injuries, in the event of problems and help us through certain periods and through certain games. And I think actually, you know, when you look at the terms that we've managed to get this deal done at, it doesn't look so bad. I think that the terms are key here. You know, when we talked about it last night, I kept saying the line only if the finances make sense, only if the finances, um, you know, work for us, only if the deal is one that represents relatively good value. Now, you're never going to get perfect value on the last day of the transfer window. You're always going to have to pay slightly more. You're always going to have to go um, that little bit further in order to get that deal completed. But, you know, when you look at where we are um, and you look at what we've managed to land him for, I think actually this is a lot this is a lot better an outcome than maybe people envisaged. I mean, last night we heard yesterday uh, people were saying, weren't they, that this was going to be a, a £20 million deal. Well, it's not that. In fact, it's nowhere near that. In fact, if you read Kaya Kainak's report on Football.London, he says that the £12 million is the total value of the deal, if indeed all the... Um, all the add-ons uh, get triggered, all the clauses are met, but actually it's £10 million up front. So if you think about what we've spent this £10 million on, it's ultimately to backfill a midfield position with somebody who's won the Euros, who's won the Champions League, who's Premier League experienced, who's incredibly experienced just in football generally. I've read people saying, well, he's 31 years old. Since when did 31 become old? Like, I, I don't get that. You know, OK, he's not one that you invest in for the long term. Completely agree. And I think the term of this contract, which, as we're being told, is only until 2024 with the option to extend it by a further year if we wish. But obviously, we don't have to take up that option. But to be able to bring someone in who's ready to help us now um, and to be able to bring someone in on a contract term, I think, that works for the club rather than the player. I'm sure Jorginho would have wanted longer. Uh, but this works for Arsenal Football Club. And as an option, as a backup, I think this is actually OK.
I think this is actually fine. Uh, was it my number one choice at the start of the window? No. Would I have uh, actively sort of campaigned for the move? Um, no, I wouldn't have. But given where we are, given the fact that we've tried to bring in Caicedo, given the fact that we've tried to um, force Brighton's hand, we've we, we've tried to put what we believe to be a reasonable amount of money on the table, or we have put a reasonable amount of money on the table. In fact, we've put over-the-top money on the table. I said yesterday that our valuation of, of Moises Caicedo and the price we were willing to pay was more than fair. And I stick by that. But here we are today on deadline day in desperate need of midfield cover and Arsenal have managed to do a deal for Jorginho, as I say, for a total of £12 million. And he'll be joining the club on a contract that will keep him here until the end, uh, until the end of the season of 2024. So summer of 2024. I think this is fine. I, I really do. I really do. Um, you know, the medical is booked. Apparently he's on his way to London Colney at the time of recording. So uh, it's all in order. Things should be completed in time. There's no reason now why Arsenal can't get this deal done. I just think that as I said last night, for me, the key thing here was the terms, okay? If if Chelsea were asking in excess of £20 million and the player was demanding crazy wages, we don't really know what the wage packet looks like at this moment in time, but whatever it is, you know, it, it feels like the general sort of outcome here is is a reasonable one. And that's all you can ask for on transfer deadline day, right? People say, oh, but we had money. You know, we had £70 million that we was going to cough up for Moises Caicedo. Yeah, we had money, but... We didn't want to go and spend mega money on a player that we didn't feel was one for the long term. We looked at Moises Caicedo. We thought that Caicedo would be a good fit. And Arsenal were clearly willing as a football club to go that uh, that bit further to sign him. You know, 70, 75 million is, is more than reasonable, in my opinion. Unfortunately, Brighton didn't want to play ball in the same way that Shakhtar didn't want to play ball over Mikhailo Mudrik. And there's not really an awful lot you can do about that. Uh, as a football club, you have your limits. Arsenal have their limits. I, I don't understand where this notion comes from, that Arsenal have unlimited funds and that Arsenal can do any deal that they want. This is a club that has reported financial losses for a number of years now. This is a football club that has brought in, excuse my language, jack shit in terms of transfer fees for players that we've been able to move on. The money, you know, was never going to be endless. There's always going to come a point where we can't go that bit further. And we've shown we were willing to do that if the right player was available. Jorginho is not that player in Arsenal's eyes. Mikel Arteta is a big admirer of his. He's mentioned that before. Mikel Arteta um, clearly feels that this will help him. If he didn't, this deal wouldn't be happening because Mikel Arteta has a big, big say in what happens at Arsenal Football Club. Obviously, he didn't want that long-term option. Obviously, he'd have wanted to bring in Moises Caicedo, but financially, that's out of his hands. And financially, Arsenal couldn't or wouldn't go as far as Brighton were demanding during this window. Listen, Brighton have been consistent. They've said throughout that Moises Caicedo is not for sale. And to be fair, as much as it's annoying and frustrating as an Arsenal fan, I kind of admire the fact that they've gone, no, 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 no. And here we are now looking for a backup, looking for an option. That is all that Jorginho is going to be. We talked last night about whether he'd be a good fit. We talked about, um, you know, why tactically I think Arsenal was set up in a way whereby some of his shortcomings are not as exposed as they might be in other sides. And I do genuinely believe that. And I think looking at sort of the comments, not just in this chat, but looking across social media and speaking to fans of other clubs as well, who 
um, you know, are looking at this deal and thinking, actually, do you know what? That That's actually quite savvy and quite smart. I think the general consensus around this has shifted a little bit because of the, the terms, because of the price, because the price feels reasonable, because the contract length is reasonable. For that reason, I think a lot of people have kind of softened their stance on Jorginho. The bottom line is that he's better than Lokonga in that sixth role, and he's better than Elneny in that sixth role. He's a more complete footballer than Mohamed Elneny. He's also got the experience of playing in big games in big moments. He's also got the experience of getting over the line in big competitions. You know, providing that, you know, he comes in and and, and does what we think he's going to do, he can be a good influence on this dressing room. You know, people keep talking about our long-term strategy and there is clearly a long-term strategy in place. Moises Caicedo would have been a part of that. But in order to become champions, in order to continue where we are, you need a sprinkle of experience as well. You need that mix. You need uh, that balance in the dressing room. And people have talked about how uh, Jesus has come in and not only been great on the pitch, but brought an experience and a winning mentality. People have talked about the same thing with Zinchenko. And whilst they are obviously better players right now, because of where they are in their careers. Some of what they bring can be brought to the table by Jorginho as well. And yeah, you know, I'm 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 good with this. I'm good with this. Again, it wasn't my first choice. It wasn't the um the deal that I was clamoring for at the start of the window. It wasn't even the deal that I was clamoring for yesterday when I woke up in the morning. But it is a deal that I think when you look at the terms, when you look at the price, makes sense. And the other thing I would say is my God, Stop with the sacking Edu talk. Like, stop with all that nonsense. There's people saying sack Edu. It's trending on Twitter. Hashtag Edu out. What the hell is wrong with people? There's people being super critical of Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta that has picked this football club off of the ground, transformed it along with Edu, who's backed him and supported him all the way, and put it into a position now where at the end of January, we're sitting here wondering if we're going to go on and win the Premier League title, if we're capable of doing that. 18 months ago, that talk was unthinkable. Nobody would talk about Arsenal as even nailed on for the top four, let alone as the favourites in a lot of people's eyes to go on and win the Premier League title. That is a testament to how far Arsenal have come in a short space of time. That is a testament to the job that these guys have done. That's a testament to the quality of their recruitment. Have there been some misses along the way? Absolutely. There's not a club in world football that haven't made mistakes in the transfer market. It happens. It's part and parcel of the game. The key is you need to get more right than you get wrong. And at £12 million, Jorginho is not a risk. At £12 million, Jorginho comes in, is another body, and brings us back up and support in an area of the pitch that we are dangerously weak in. If Thomas Partey picks up an injury and we didn't bring in Jorginho and we just went, look, we couldn't get Caicedo, that's it, leave it as it is, we'd be up shit street. We really, really would. Now I have confidence that we have somebody who can come in and support. We have somebody that can play in the Europa League. Jorginho would be absolutely fine in the Europa League. Would he not? We have backup. We have more cover. We've built on the squad without committing too much and without damaging our ability, I would say, in the summer to then turn our attention to the likes of Declan Rice, Moises Caicedo, if indeed that's what we want to do for the long term. This minimal investment on Jorginho makes sense in the here and now, but also puts us in a position where financially we could still potentially go on and do what we want to do when the time is right, when the time allows for it to happen, when Brighton are more open to selling Caicedo. Brighton will be more than happy, I'm sure, to have accepted 75, 80 million pounds had this been in the summer and they had time 
to recruit and stuff like that. But the the fact that it was so late in the window has obviously been a big factor and big, been a big thing for them. But yeah, I just, listen, we've got another option. That's all this is. That's all this is. Nobody's saying that Jorginho walks into the team or that Arsenal change their style of play or, or all of this nonsense, you know, that people have been coming out with. Oh my God, he slows us down. He affects the rhythm. He affects... Um, this and he affects that blah 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 it's all nonsense because that's not what he's coming in to do he's coming in on a short-term deal to help out to help out um there's so much criticism for me in the chat i'm used to it it's cool um you know it, it doesn't really matter what i think it doesn't really matter what you think either the club have gone and done this deal so you either do what you're supposed to do as a supporter and voice your opinion but now that the window is going to be done, you know, later on this evening, you turn your focus back to supporting your team, getting behind your team, every single player that wears the red and white shirt when we take on Everton at the weekend and you get behind us and you help us in our push towards uh, hopefully achieving a Premier League title. That's what your role is as a supporter. You can have an opinion. It's absolutely fine. Um, my issue is not with different opinions. My issue is with the way some of those opinions are expressed, i.e., People jumping on Twitter and calling for Edu to be sacked. Get in the bin. Get in the bin. It's a nonsense opinion to have, you know, based on I don't know what. I don't know when Arsenal fans became so entitled. I I, I don't know when that happened. I don't know when that shift happened. Because most of the people calling for Edu to be sacked are 15, 16 years old and don't actually remember Arsenal winning anything of any major significance. You know, the FA Cups have been great, but most of those people that are on Twitter being trolls. They haven't, uh, you know, they haven't experienced Arsenal winning titles anyway. Um, Brian Kibbet in the chat says, Harry, stop trying to spin this. This is clearly a panic buy. He's passed it. I'd rather the Conga, and that's saying something. Obviously, it's a panic buy. Who said it's not? Any deal that you do on transfer deadline day that's come out of nowhere, so i.e., you didn't really know about the interest previously and on deadline day, all of a sudden, Arsenal accelerate their efforts the night before deadline day to get this deal done. Um, you know, obviously it's a panic buy. Arsenal, in my opinion, are only in the market for a midfielder because of the injury that Elneny's picked up. So of course it's a panic buy. It's Arsenal looking at their options and panicking at the fact that they don't have in, they don't believe they have enough to deal with the, the next part of the season. And so they've looked around, they've tried to make sense of what's out there, and they found a short-term solution. Of course, it is a panic buy. Most deals on deadline day are, unless you've been pursuing that player for a long period of time. Look, there's been interest in Jorginho in the past. We've heard about that in the past. Mikel Arteta has expressed his admiration for Jorginho in the past. So this is not completely out of the blue, but it certainly wasn't one that many people saw coming. You know, and if you'd rather Laconga at six than Jorginho, then I don't know where you've been for the last 10 years because Jorginho's won Champions Leagues, European Championships. He's been in a much stronger competitive Chelsea side than what we've been able to produce. Yet he'll be written off and people will talk about Sambi Laconga. The same Sambi Laconga, by the way, that everybody was slagging off after Friday night. So come on, like give the guy a chance. Let him join the Arsenal. Let's see how it goes. And we can make our judgments based on how he performs, as opposed to everybody thinking they know it all. It's probably the same people that said that Gabriel Jesus was a shit signing. It's probably the same people that said we overpaid for him because of, of course, 
um, you know, what his contract length was. The same people uh, that were were saying, oh, well, what's money? You know, what's money? Uh, we can go and pay an extra 20 million for Mudrik or an extra 20 million for Caicedo. It's only a bit of money. Are now crying about the fact that we've spent 12 million pounds on a seasoned professional in Jorginho to come and support and back up. It's, it's so hypocritical. It's unreal. It is unreal. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Anakin says uh, everyone needs to stop the negative talk. The players need the fans behind the team. Absolutely. Uh, name says, Harry, Jorginho aside, are you not concerned about our history with big profile transfers, Vlavic, Mudrik, Caicedo, etc.? Obviously, I'd like Arsenal to be able to get those deals done. OK, there's there's no there's no way of dressing that up. Obviously, I'm disappointed that we couldn't get some of these players in. I really wanted Vlavic. Um, I wanted Mudrik, not at the price that Shakhtar were quoting, but I wanted us to sign him. And I wanted Caicedo, again, not at the price that was being talked about. Arsenal have a limit. Arsenal have a ceiling. And I keep getting this nonsense. Oh, but we have a billionaire owner. Yeah, so do most Premier League clubs. Stan Kroenke isn't going to go, oh, you know what? Let me take some money from here or some money from there or out of my personal funds to, to pump into Arsenal for them to do this. The club operates in a certain way and it's always operated that way under their ownership. Nothing's changed. They've outlaid a hell of a lot of money over the last two, three seasons without being in the Champions League. They've gambled on the fact that if they outlay this money, they will recuperate it in the years to come if they invest it well. So if they build a young, hungry squad with a young, hungry coach that's going to keep improving, that will take them to the position whereby they are competitive for a number of years. And that then deals with all the investment that they've made. Okay, And even now, even in January, when... It's a window that notoriously clubs don't really, well, unless you're Chelsea and you're a bit crazy, that clubs notoriously don't spend as much in. They've sanctioned the idea of Arsenal moving for Caicedo and for Mudrik and, and allowed the club to table bids that are in excess of £70 million. OK, that is commitment from them to try and double down on the position that we find ourselves in today. If they think or if Mikel Arteta thinks that that is what it takes to get us over the line, then they are willing to back him and willing to support him. Why? Because the results are there for everybody to see. The progress is there for everybody to see. And that's why I can't understand. If, if a billionaire who funds, or no, let me rephrase that. If a billionaire who owns this football club is willing to put millions of pounds into whatever Mikel Arteta and Edu deem right, then if he can trust them, why can't we as fans who have, yeah, okay, we love the club, we live and breathe the club, but we're not making any financial commitment. If the guys making the financial commitment are happy to do it, why can't we, having seen the res same results that they've seen, why can't we trust in, in where we're going? Why can't we trust in the process, if you like? Why can't we trust in their decision-making? You know, yeah, we've missed out on those players, but look, with Mudrik, the fee was ridiculous. We couldn't get there. We didn't want to get there. We didn't feel it was worth getting there. That's the club's decision. Same with Caicedo. We tabled a very reasonable amount of money. We couldn't get there. We couldn't get to what Brighton wanted to trigger that. And, and that's, again, out of our hands. You can't spend what you don't have. I've been saying this repeatedly over the last few days. You can't spend what you simply do not have in your pocket. I used an analogy yesterday. You go and buy. You go out to buy a pair of trainers. I've got 50 quid. I know I'm talking a few years back because you can't get jack shit for 50 quid anymore. But for argument's sake, you've got 50 quid in your wallet. And you need a pair of trainers. You go in the shop and you see a 90 pound pair of trainers. 
and the salesperson saying, oh, these are brilliant, mate. These are the, the upgraded version of the ones that you're looking at. You should definitely go for these. They're fantastic. All well and good them saying that. All well and good them trying to push you into making that purchase. If you've got that extra money and you decide that that's what you want to do, fine, happy days. Push the boat out, treat yourself. But if you don't have that money, then it's impossible. And it is impossible, I believe. It was impossible, I believe, for Arsenal to pay 100 million euros for Mikhailo Mudrik. And I think it was impossible for Arsenal to go up to the 100 million, 95 odd million um, that Brighton were asking for, uh, for for Caicedo. So it is what it is. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Adrian, who's a Chelsea fan, says, Harry, I'll be real as a Chelsea fan. He'll be decent for you short term because of AFC's compact system. But after two months, he'll show horrendous limitations falling off the ball. He's unathletic and needed to go. But again, Adrian, this is a short term thing. This is a short term thing. And and I made the point about the compact system yesterday. The, and I'll, I'll just kind of repeat that point just just briefly for those that didn't see last night's show. The point I'm trying to make is the way Arsenal play means that the two centre-backs, they squeeze right up the pitch, which means the distance between the centre-backs and the deepest line midfield player is minimal. You've also got Ben White tucking in on the right and you've got Zinchenko tucking in on the left to give additional protection to whoever it is playing in that six role. So I'm not saying that Jorginho is as mobile as Thomas Partey. Hell, I'm not even saying he's as good as him in that role. Nowhere near. What I'm saying is he's better than Elneny and he's better than Lukonga. And I honestly believe that. Therefore, he's an upgrade on them. He's not an upgrade on Partey. No one's arguing that. No one's saying that. But our compact system, I think, means that you can get away with Jorginho in the event of an emergency. And ultimately, for £12 million nowadays, what are you getting? Not much. And that's £12 million to sign him off of a fellow Premier League club and of a club who would see us as, I know they're way down the table right now, but traditionally see us as a rival. So actually, it's a bit of a steal. For £12 million, you can't really go wrong. People keep referencing Willian. That didn't work out. Arsenal realised it didn't work out pretty quickly and, and dealt with that situation. To be fair to Willian, he's come back to the Premier League with Fulham and actually done quite well. David Luiz, I actually think that was a much better signing for the price we paid than most people ever gave him credit for. Um, people are looking at sort of going much further back, talking about people like, I've seen people talking about Gallas and Petr Cech. All of that was pre this era, right? Forget all of that shit. It wasn't the same people making those decisions, okay? Or, or these decisions. It's, it's a totally different era now. If Arsenal and Arteta looks at Jorginho and thinks he can be a good fit and thinks he can help us in the short term, and it's clearly for the short term because he's got an 18-month contract which is probably six months longer than Arsenal would have ideally wanted to give him, maybe even 12 months longer. But sometimes you have to go that little bit further to get a deal done. Francis says Ramsdale blocked fan comments because of our fans when he signed. Yeah, exactly. Which goes to show that there is a serious problem within the Arsenal fan base when it comes to toxicity and when it comes to writing people off before they've joined us. Aaron Ramsdale has been a magnificent sign-in for this club. He's been fantastic. Ben White, people laughed at that, £50 million. What a waste of money, people said. He's been immense. Gabriel has been immense. Martin Odegaard has been immense. Arsenal have done brilliantly in the terms of their recruitment in recent years. Of course, there's a couple of misses here and there. We talk about that all the time. And, and that's, you know, that's where we are. But, you know, that's how, that's how football goes. But today, 
I'm not I'm not going to say I'm jumping for joy. I'm not going to say I'm shouting from the rooftops about this signing. But actually, I think this could be quite a smart bit of business. And this could be the extra four or five percent that we need to keep moving and to keep uh, our title hopes alive, especially if we do uh, suffer an injury to Thomas Partey. I think this is a better option than um, than the ones that we currently have. And at 12 million pounds, it doesn't limit us in terms of what we can do in the summer when clearly we're going to be moving for more long-term um, long term players and, and long-term targets. It, it, this is okay with me. Not great, not jumping for joy, but it's okay with me. It is okay. And it's just, it's just funny how things change because if we do go on and win the Premier League title and Jorginho plays even a handful of games, people will talk about what a masterstroke it was. Sometimes you have to just let things play out. Sometimes you have to just watch on. Um, you can have your opinion. It's absolutely fine. Um, but if fans knew better than the people in those positions, then, you know, we we would be in those positions, is what I always say. And and Sooty makes a great point in the chat. You know, I remember how many people were going on about Basuma. Go and get Basuma, Arsenal. What are you doing? Go and get Basuma. Same fans that were going on about Emi Buendia. Look how that's turned out with them two. Look how Basuma has worked out for Spurs. It hasn't worked out at all. We don't know it all. We're allowed to have opinions, and that's absolutely fine. But I do think, as supporters, we have a responsibility to, to convey those opinions in a certain way. In a way that isn't damaging to the mood around our football club. In a way that isn't damaging to the players who are listening to all this nonsense that isn't damaging to our chances and prospects of going on and achieving something that everybody thought was unthinkable at the start of the season. Has Mikel Arteta not done enough so far for people to just back off and trust him? I think he has. But anyway, that's the latest on Jorginho. Looks as though he will be uh, completing his move to Arsenal before the transfer deadline uh, medical scheduled. He's on his way, according to some reports, to London Colney, uh, while the two clubs uh, cross the I's and... No, cross dot the I's and cross the T's. I nearly said cross the I's and dot the T's, but that would be wrong. Uh, so, yeah, let's see uh, where we end up. Um, let's see how it goes. Uh, people... F there's, there's a comment here. Hold on, where is it? From Vicky. Fuming with Edu. Can we just remember for a second that it's not Edu's money? Like, it's not Edu's money. Why do people think that it's Edu's money? If Arsenal went up to their maximum in terms of bids and saw those turned away, it's not up to Edu whether Arsenal can go further. Edu has the freedom to negotiate, but within the parameters set by the ownership and those that own the football club. Why do people miss that bit? Why does that bit get lost on people? I don't understand it. I don't know. Edu is not the one that sets the financial limits that this club are able to operate under. Edu negotiates. Edu gets involved. Edu has a big say in a lot of decisions. But ultimately, the bottom line um, is, is based on what KSE say. They're the owners. They do what they want. And that's it. Anyway, um, I'm going to leave you all uh, for now and uh, maybe we'll be back later on tonight, depending on how things go. If we get an announcement, we'll jump on and do a quick update on that as well. Um, thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Uh, I can see that there are about 700 of you with us live in the chat right now, but uh, we've only got 100 likes on the board, guys. Come on. 
let's try and get that up to 300 likes at the bare minimum. That should be really, uh, really light work, given how many of you are watching. Also, if you're enjoying the content, whether you agree with me on Georginia or not, if you enjoy the content, uh, then I've got a couple of uh, kind requests. First of all, uh, if you want to have uh, more Chronicles of Aguna content, more Arsenal content, if you want to support the podcast to bring you more and support the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, whom we are supporting from our membership pot, then please do visit us on anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. The link is in the description. Sign up, uh, join up, and um, and you'll get access to that uh, premium content as well as, of course, uh, supporting us. Uh, so yeah, more uh, more over there for you to enjoy, for you to consume. Uh, if this helps you on your dog walks or, or when you're bored at work or whatever, then you know if why not get more? Hey, um, the other thing is uh, that as uh, I've mentioned over the last few days, I have started another YouTube channel as well. Well, I haven't technically started it yet because I haven't uploaded a video yet, but I plan on uploading uh, the first video this week. So um, I want to get as many subscribers on the board as we possibly can, so that the first video doesn't die a slow death as soon as it's gone out. We've got 767 subscribers at the moment, but if we could get up to a thousand by the time the first video goes out, I would be so, so grateful. So the link for that is in the description as well. It's a channel on which I'm going to talk about the wider topics in football. It won't just be limited to Arsenal. We'll be talking all the big topics from the Premier League, the Champions League, sometimes a bit of Serie A as well, depending on what's hot and what's not. But we'll be covering a wider variety of topics. I just don't feel that that stuff lives on this channel and on this podcast. I don't want to, uh, what's the word? I don't want to flood this channel with different things that people haven't subscribed for. So, yeah, there is another channel. Uh, first video coming out this week. Please do subscribe, though, in advance. It would really, really help. And I will see you all uh, very, very soon at Thunder Road says, I won't subscribe until I see the content. Suit yourself. <laughs> no problem. Um, the standard of content will be like the standard here. So if you like this, I'm sure you'll enjoy that as well. That's all I can say to you at the moment. But thank you all so, so much. I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.